Blood Brothers Podcast, a Five Pillars Production. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear brothers, sisters, friends, and the foes out there. Welcome to another episode of the Blood Brothers Podcast with your host, Dili Hussein. Before I introduce today's long awaited guest, I want to remind you all to subscribe to the Five Pillars YouTube channel. And of course, the avid podcast listeners, you can find us on all the major platforms. Subscribe, 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 share, 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 like, like, like. Today's guest is my co-host and my little brother, Aki Hussein. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I am really happy to be back here in front of you, my brother. Is that, is that the truth though? Of course it's the truth. Obviously, we've been busy. Yes. We've had uh, newborns. We have indeed. Uh, seven days apart Yeah exactly So we've been busy uh, It has been three months since our last podcast The last one was with brother Tasneem Six days apart Six days apart So obviously naturally we've been busy mm-hmm. And it's been three months And I've been getting DMs and PMs And people aren't happy So should we just make a, a meaningful commitment to our people And say that we're back on it Absolutely Absolutely we will make a meaningful commitment And without making excuses I don't think the podcast um, was ever something that wasn't prioritized, and inshallah we'll prove that. I think also that you know, given our very busy schedules, whether it be work, family, obviously I went on an aid deployment with one Ummah. Mm-hmm. There's been lots of stories we've had to cover. I think when you put it into that perspective, we have had to put Blood Brothers not on a back burner. But we've had to place it on a list of priorities. Yeah, those things have cleared up now, mm-hmm. and I need you to be back on the show more often, bro. I get you. What does that mean? I hear you. I agree with you. Okay, I'm there. Okay, cool. I'm here now in the flesh. Okay, so we've got a few things to talk about today. Yeah. Um, the main focus of today's podcast will be men's mental health. Okay. Uh, but more specifically, Muslim men's mental health. Right. But before we get into the crux of that conversation, mm-hmm. um, because the talk of the town and our news feeds and the news channels and social media and everything's filled with the current war in Ukraine, mm-hmm. right? And Five Pillars and myself have done enough to go into about the geopolitics and stuff like that. So I don't want to talk about that. Right. I want to posit to you, bro. Mm-hmm. Some comments and feedback uh, I've recently had on some of my posts and articles that have gone viral. Yes. Um, so let me posit to you one from a brother who we know, uh, we both know, um, and that's our dear brother, Uthman Badr. Okay. Yeah, from Australia. Our dear brother. He posted on uh, Facebook, uh, pointing out Western American hypocrisy Likewise, lack of moral authority is a valuable exercise when addressing Western, let's assume non-Muslim audiences. He said Western audiences. More of this needs to be done. This is because the banality of Western racism and immorality of Western foreign policy is still underappreciated in non-Muslim Western audiences generally. We agreement in that, aren't we? Of course. So we don't. We're in full agreement with yeah. Uthman in that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. But what he then says is. Is that when the audience is Muslim, however, it is at this point, frankly, a waste of time. Here we're just preaching to choir. 
What is the point of forever pointing to a matter already obvious to the vast majority of us? It's like pointing out the blueness of the sky every time you step out. Why? To what end? Our intra-Muslim discourse needs to be elevated beyond this to discussions on how we might analyse, respond to navigate this obvious reality and the like. So our dear brother, Uthman, who we have immense love and respect for, Absolutely And his many contributions to the da'wah mm-hmm. And we, we pray to Allah, Allah blesses and preserves him I mean, I mean. Um, So the first part of the status, we agree with Absolutely Right, so there, there definitely needs to be a focus on these points uh, And engaging non-Muslims in that Because trust me, there is a high level of ignorance Amongst the Bobs and the Karens, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and the non-Bobs and Karens as well Yeah um, But the latter part of his status is what I have uh, somewhat of a disagreement with okay. And I did comment on his thread by the way And I posted this Sui If only Muslim audiences were the converted choir Uthman Bai The sad reality is that they're far from it Hence the repetitive West are hypocrites Dawa activism continues And still has a lot of traction among the youth Now Someone may ask that Well okay Uthman And those who have that Position of you know constantly talking about the hypocrisy of the West, he said it's as blue as walking out in the sky. I don't think it is that blue. I don't think it is that bait for Muslims because we think that the converted Muslims are for various reasons: social media algorithms, right? So yeah. social media clocks what kind of people you're following, who you're engaging, what you want to consume, what you want to consume. So therefore, there's now an echo chamber. Sure. Yeah. But there's many Muslims who will continue to make reasons for why the West isn't to blame for anything And the Muslims are to blame entirely or mostly for our collective situation <laughs> Many CVE and Prevent Wallers do this Many Some Mashaykh and Du'at do this yeah. Like a constant blame on the Ummah mm-hmm. That we need to fix up, we need to do this Why are you always blaming the West, yada 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 Right? And then I said to him And then there's those who generally are unaware of the specific Instances and examples Of western double standards and hypocrisies And then I said Look, I agree with you And we do need to focus on the west And non Muslims But I personally feel The focus on Muslims should also continue What do you think? I think that actually If you and Uthman Were to be in front of each other Face to face and have this conversation I think you'd, ag- you'd actually end up agreeing A lot more than you disagreed even on this specific subject mm. I think the frustration actually The frustration of seeing Consistent, frequent, relentless hypocrisy From western politicians, white politicians um, it, it creates a frustration doesn't it? That it you does. just feel like you always have to point out That look here's another occasion where you've lied Here's another occasion where uh, Muslim lives Or uh, anyone other than white Their lives don't matter So that, that frustration creates a need almost for people Especially Muslims and people of colour But Muslims in this case mm. To highlight the hypocrisy of white people uh, Especially western governments and politicians um, So that's what I think is, That's what I think is born from Because I agree I agree that It needs to be highlighted every single time It needs to be highlighted until the person Until people are potentially bored of hearing it Or convinced Or convinced yeah, um, and I think what will actually happen. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I was in I was in Morrison's uh, a couple of days ago, I'm just grabbing some stuff, and um, there was a customer before me who was having his items scanned and 
he's having his stuff bagged mm-hmm. and he was talking to the cashier and he said that oh you know what's happening in Ukraine is terrible you know the man's a psycho the man's you know he's a murderer this and that and you know the usual stuff yeah about Putin yeah mm-hmm. and talking about you know the sufferings and the difficulty that the Ukrainians are going through which we agree with of course of course we agree and we sympathize and, and what's happening is terrible because as muslims and i think human decency should recognize that oppression is oppression and it doesn't matter um whether they're muslim or non-muslim we understand that because allah and rasulullah have told us that oppression is something which is not necessarily uh, how we understand oppression and whether we recognize oppression is not to do with the person's religion or color it's the act of oppression someone Absolutely. being wronged Absolutely. so muslims don't need to hear that because we know what oppression looks like mm-hmm. and this isn't about you know banging who, who the, the oppressed drums which which oppressed drum is louder it's just telling you facts isn't it or the oppression Pe- or the oppression league table sure you know people who have experienced you know generational oppression will understand oppression and we have to identify it Palestine. so we're good palestinians but, yeah mu- kashmiris yes that's right afghans muslims from all over the world mm. arab uh, asian african uighur the the lot we mm. know it we know it yeah so i'm hearing it and it's quite sad that the whole time i'm i was just thinking about what i'm going i know what this cashier is going to ask me i'm sorry if this is a bit of a tangent but it goes no, back, no, it's cool, bro. it goes back to this conversation about speaking to non muslims and white people mm-hmm. Um, about the subject of hypocrisy, Western hypocrisy, and I was just waiting. I knew what she was going to ask me. She was going to ask me because I'm brown and because I'm Muslim and I've got a beard. She's going to ask me, "What do you make of all of this?" Those were and those were her literal words. When you tell me, to. you tell me, a cashier folderly asked you that. Yes, because she's clocking that I'm listening to their conversation, and she's clocking that I'm not crying. Okay. And um, and that I'm not having got my hands folded. And I'm like this while the man's talking, and he's talking about, and he said that you know I'm Jewish myself, and and, oh, and, and, Jewish and yeah, and and he was disclosing all of these things. Mm. Um, so maybe he wanted to be a part of mm. the oppressed community of Ukraine. I don't know what he was trying to achieve in Morrison's exactly, but okay. So once it came to my turn, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was scanning my halal shazan chicken breast, yeah, yeah. Um, or or bagging it rather, um, she said to me what I. Was ninety nine point nine percent sure Susan asked me, which was, "What do you make of all of this?" And my response was, "I believe that the color of the person's skin who is being bombed and killed matters, because millions of people have been killed, millions of Muslims have been killed, a million of brown people have been killed, wars created and carried out by America and Britain." of which hundreds of thousands if not millions have been children under the age of 3 100% Iraq Yemen exactly Somalia Afghanistan tri- tribal areas of Pakistan name it just endless just name it yeah and I go so I completely sympathize with those who are being oppressed and mistreated but at the same time I think it's very easy uh, to ignore the suffering and the oppression of people when they the same color as you what was the reaction and I had to obviously say it in a certain way because I I I I gathered from their conversation what their capacity was okay. in this conversation. Did you have anyone and behind I, you? Did you have anyone behind you in the queue listening no, to you? No, 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 no. There wasn't. Okay. No, there wasn't. Um, but was I, but her response was so interesting because I had to make it very clear: the color of the skin is important. And I specifically said because it is white people that we are seeing being cut, bombed, killed. White non-Muslims. Yes, yes, exactly. I go. You sympathize with them, and it's on your television screens. Mm. But when my people are killed. and when we are bombed and our babies are blown into bits it's just a number it's just a s- statistic that you have to crawl through the corners of the internet to find 
just, or, a, just or, you, or you have to actively go and search for those numbers and for that tragedy. And she was, she wasn't necessarily rude or flippant or anything like that. She just didn't know, like she just didn't know what to say. Not in a negative way or in a shocked way. It was just, I know they're all bad, aren't they? Yeah. Oh my God, they're all like all the all the politicians. And that's when I knew. Eh, switch off now. Put it into rest mode. Carry on. I need to go home. Okay. Because I realized that this conversation isn't being received. Cool. I made the point. I don't know how much of that point landed, but I just wanted them to hear these words: Muslims are killed. Mm. Brown people are killed. Millions, hundreds of thousands, for decades. Um, we understand what it is. You guys are talking about it more, and you're upset because they're white. I just wanted her to get those headlines. Cool. So wrapping up on that point, um, but can I just make one final point? Sure, no, go for it. Go for it. Bro. My final point is this: is that Muslims. They do have to hear it from Muslims as well And it's probably a point that you wanted to make yourself later yeah, Which yeah. is, Muslims have to hear it from us About how you position yourself When commentating or receiving news mm. about war Because we literally had reporters talking about Blonde hair, blue eyes, Christians, Europeans, civilised, middle class That's literally the words that are being used And and, 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 and I think we just need to take a moment to take a step aside a little bit And just understand how outrageous that is How outrageous that is in in this world today That Western governments try to champion as being uh, cultured Politically aware Aware of other ethnicities and cultures Being inclusive uh, a lot of Western countries have large populations of minorities Of various backgrounds, coloured backgrounds Equality But the truth is they don't give a shit The truth came out The truth came out White people are dying mm. White people need to help them Oh, white people consuming news, eating fish and chips and reading tabloids Cry for these people Talk about them in Morrison's and Asda 100% And and, and that's very frustrating and, and I'll tell you why it's frustrating And it's sad actually as a Muslim it makes you, it's very difficult to sympathise for a war where white people are suffering because of white people. Well, it's always going to be because of white people. In, 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 not always, but in, in modern cases. Mm-hmm. And it has been Brothers, for centuries, actually. Hear me, there's an ITV news reporter that said uh, there are reports that Russia are using a vacuum bomb. Um, this is what the US has used in, Af- in Afghanistan. Sure, that makes sense. But the fact that it's been used in Europe makes your stomach churn. Mm. Okay. Well, they know it works. Huh? They know it works. That's why they, that's why it's been used as well. Were bombs just made to be dropped on non-Europeans? What are we supposed to take from this? It's devastating, isn't it? That such weaponry is being used in white people. Yeah. What they should have done was what they should have had arm wrestles. Was mm. it? Or should? Or they should have had boxing fights or cage fights. I wanna. I wanna just put a. Not a disclaimer, but something which just has to be said. Um, when we are referring to white Europeans here, we are specifically excluding uh, our Slavic Muslim brothers and sisters from the beautiful land of Bosnia and Herzegovina. We are excluding Albanians, Kosovans, uh, those Muslims from Chechnya and Dagestan and the Tatars. Any of our Caucasian brothers and sisters. Any of our Caucasian brothers and sisters who happen to be Slavic or white. Wallahi, we know that you have also been oppressed because of your Islam. Of course. We know that the Europe and the West turned their back on the Muslims of Bosnia and handed them over to the Kufar Serbs. Yeah? Because you are Muslim. And the fact that you are white indigenous Europeans did not matter. 
So my brothers and sisters from that group, you're part of the Ummah of Muhammad We do not include you in this conversation. So when Aki or I refer to white people, white Europeans, we are specifically and exclusively talking about white non-Muslims. I had to get that out of the way. No, no, absolutely. And I'm glad you clarified it. Yeah. Because what that because what you said there also highlights something else. Is that religion? Yes. The the the, the, the factor that ultimately decides mm. whether you will be supported or sympathized for or cared about, whether your life has any value, mm. is whether you're a Muslim or not. And how do we know this? Because Poland has already ad- admitted and Belarus already admitted in 2015 we're happy to take Christian Syrians. Mm-hmm. So the skin colour there didn't matter. Yeah. The religion mattered. That's right. So Bro, I think that we do need to carry on explaining this to Muslims mm-hmm. because Muslims have a very problem, a big problem of amnesia, right? They tend to forget things. No, right? I, I, I'm, I'm on your side in that efforts have to be greater on that side mm. because at the end of the day, the people that we're going to have yield the most support, influence over, and share more time and space with is our people, our brothers and sisters, Muslims. Mm. And sadly, there are so many Muslims that I can see on social media, in person, that they def- they're finding this comfort. It's almost like they're finding this comfort in sympathizing for the people, for Ukrainians who are suffering in this war. And I need to just make it really, really clear that this doesn't mean that I don't or that my tone and the way I'm speaking about it today in this podcast, which is a very specific isolated setting, mm. To discuss this matter Suggests that I'm not sympathising either That's not true But everyone has a capacity Human beings We have a capacity Muslims We have enough people Enough of our brothers and sisters Suffering From Occupation From genocide From torture Murder And imprisonment From just From obliteration Mm -hmm. So We have a capacity In how much we can uh, Harness our energy And sympathy And empathy for In war And in and, 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 and in occupation and in oppression Because it's happened to Muslims so much So when, when we do see war in Ukraine And the people suffering in Ukraine Of course there is the Islamic decency And the Islamic ethic of understanding that this is, These are innocent people who are suffering and being killed We're not unfamiliar to that But I, I, I don't see enough energy from Muslims Speaking about or highlighting similar emotions for their own brothers and sisters With the same kind of passion Do you agree? I agree with you bro so, and, and, and I guess that's a cue for the next Not contention But another Some of a What do you reckon Muslims are trying to achieve? Because every action there, there has to be I feel That when you do something Whether you speak Or whether you type You're doing it for a reason And you're hoping for a reaction Especially when it's a comment On an Instagram post Or there's Facebook Or whether it's Twitter You're doing it because you know that there's going to be a reaction from audience. I why do you reckon? Why do you reckon people? Are, there is this outpour and outcry from Muslims on this subject to the point where you think to yourself, "Wow, where have you been for okay. the other things?" Okay, so I would say first and foremost is that when it comes to these kind of events, right? These unfortunate events, Muslims, Alhamdulillah, they're consistent people, man. Generally speaking, the fact that in Syria, Subhanallah, in Idlib. They, they, um, some of the shabab there, they, they done like a graffiti in solidarity with the Ukrainians in a rubble. That's the Muslims of Syria for you. There was, I believe, uh, even in Gaza, they did something in solidarity t- for the people of Ukraine, right? And, and in Gaza, they did it for their Syrian brothers and sisters. Exactly. As well. So the point I want to make is that Muslims, 
Alhamdulillah, observant Muslims who are well grounded, they're consistent people. Yeah. Because uh, Allah tells us in the Quran to stand firm against injustice, right? And to remain consistent and firm upon it, irrespective of who it is, mm-hmm. not verbatim. But this is just a general principle in Islam. Yeah. Well, it's enjoining good and forbidding evil. Exactly. Good is good and evil is evil. Absolutely. Then you have those who just follow trends. We're just going to do what everyone else is doing because yeah. it's fashionable. I don't have time for any of that. Yeah, so we're going to do it because everyone else is changing their OP. We're doing it because everyone else was hashtagging about it. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. But I will say this specific incident with regards to Ukraine and Russia, I have seen a huge outpour of Muslims highlighting the hypocrisies and double standards. Yeah. Uh, compared to other events. But the thing is, we've not had a war in Europe. We've not had a war of this nature in no. Europe. When Russia moved into Georgia, it was swift. Mm-hmm. When Russia took Crimea, it was swift. Do you understand? So, But this is the first time Europe, mainland Europe, has seen a war or of this nature since, the, since World War II. That's right. So, alhamdulillah, that Muslims are calling out the hypocrisies and double standards. You asked me a question though. What are Muslims to seek... Uh, what are they looking to achieve from it? Yeah, so I boxed off those who are consistent. Oh, what's their motivation? Now you boxed off that you know that it's, it's genuine, it's sincere, we're yeah. consistent people. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, that's great. Yeah. But then you, you you kind of touched upon those that might be, I don't know. It's kind of a middle finger, isn't it? It's like ah, I was just wait, you'll all come out of the woodworks now. Mm. What about our people? Huh? Let's trust you absolutely support the right of people to go and fight Russia in Ukraine. What about the Muslims who want to go to Syria to fight Russia? What about the fact that some of the bombs that he's using now in Ukraine, they were first tested on our people in Asham? Do you understand? So now nah, we carry on. We carry on highlighting them. Mm-hmm. And they need to be done until, it, uh, until it's a case of like, why don't these Muslims either? Just be quiet or what we get you guys. Mm-hmm. But BBC question time yesterday. A English woman, white English woman, correctly, rightfully said there's an inconsistency in how we perceive and treat refugees. As we speak, as Poland is allowing quarter of a million minimum conservative estimate of Ukrainians in to quote BBC with open arms, there's hundreds and thousands in their borders caged like animals who are from Afghanistan and Syria. She didn't get a round of applause. She didn't get no round of applause, not even a sick, you know, the random ones. Mm. Yeah, she didn't even get that. But then literally after her, someone else something said about, oh, we cannot allow this and we need to oppose this. This is since World War II in Europe. Bro, he got a standing ovation. Of course he will. Do you understand? So I'm, I'm going to carry on highlighting it. We have to. Yeah, do you understand? And this then leads into another critique Yeah. Uh, by a brother who I've never met, uh, but I know of him. Um, we have mutual friends He's a Muslim brother I believe of Korean descent And I've only heard Or mostly heard Very good things about him His brother's name is Yeah mm-hmm. He posted I am still uncertain Why Muslims continue to expect the West To not hold double standards mm. You're stating the obvious Like water is wet Of course the West is going to view Suffering Ukrainians differently to Muslims Of course Thanks for pointing out the obvious Sheikh Sherlock. One plus one equals two, by the way. So let's break down his status. Because the first bit is like what Uthman said. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of boxed that off. Yeah. But let's address this. Of course the West is going to view suffering UK is different to Muslims, of course. Let me ask you something, bro. Mm. Are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised. Why aren't you surprised? 
because I understand from an entire history of how Western governments, past and present, perceive war, what their views and values are, and how they see Muslims and how they see people who are not white. Okay, shall I shall, shall I now add on to that? Yeah. I'm not surprised because human beings, bro, naturally gravitate and sympathize with those who look like them, eat like them, speak like them, pray like them, party like them. Do you understand? It's normal human instinct to sympathize with those who are like you or who are you. So we have no problem. And I said this on, on, on the three Muslim podcast yesterday. Muslims don't have a problem or any serious Muslim who, who, who we don't expect White European non-Muslims To sympathise in the same way In the same way Bro Our loyalty is to whom first? Our people Our people Allah is messenger And, and, and the Ummah of Muhammad The Muslims yeah. Standard But does that mean I'm going to now dehumanise Non-Muslims At the most neediest And desperate point? No Never That's what you lot are doing though In our borders And let me add to that even more So I'm now highlighting to you That the issue is not that you're sympathizing any differently. We expect you to sympathize with them more. In the same way, even within intra-Muslim discourse, Arabs will naturally feel towards uh, Palestinians, right? Not all, naturally, because all Muslims feel it because of Al-Aqsa and Bayt al-Maqdis and just, just, just the holiness of that land. But naturally, Arabs... Yeah, because they share heritage with them. Exactly, yeah. Whereas a Bengali will feel more so with the Rohingya. And the Pakistanis with? With Kashmiris. And the, and the Turks with? The Uyghurs. Yeah. Do you understand? But we all feel for each other. So even intra-Muslim, there is that. And we expect that. Of course. Do you understand? But the issue isn't that. It's like seeing a family, two families in your town that are suffering. One's your relative, one isn't. Do you understand? It's like they both could be suffering from the same thing, a flood. And you can help them both. Of course. And you can feel for them both. But your heart will ache more for one the other because you... Have heritage with them. You share share things with them, and that's normal. That's expected. That's and that's, if, and that's if it's two households from the same heritage, same ethnicity, hundred percent. And that's human nature. So just to respond to those who say, you know, one plus one is two. We're, we're not saying it's three. We're saying it is two. But our issue is the other things, mm. the following. And I want your thoughts on this. Muslim countries, whether it's the Arab League. Or the OIC, the useless organizations that they are, the puppets that they are, but that's the closest we've got to any kind of union, the Arab League and the OIC, what a joke. But anyway, 50 plus Muslim countries, none of them go around waging wars, gallivanting around the world, claiming to uh, champion any particular sets of worldviews or values. They don't go around bombing, raping, looting, destabilizing, sanctioning. They don't do them things. Europeans, NATO and America do mm-hmm. And then you create a refugee crisis Which is predominantly Muslim Because the wars and the, and the, and the oppression isn't Because of the instability and 100%. the chaos that you create So you create the refugees yeah, And then when they come to your doorsteps You treat them like animals And we already know how dogs are treated in Europe They're practically part of your families In fact, sometimes that's, just, that's only the family you have Is your dog You kiss them Exactly And they sleep with you in the bed And you know what And you have to go out for walks When you don't want to Because the dog wants to walk Exactly And that's more telling Of the absence of And the breakdown of the family In western societies But that's another conversation For another time The point here is this though Muslim countries don't do that In fact Any country from the developing world Or the global south Or whatever you want to call it Don't do that 
They don't go around bombing, killing, raping, looting, destabilizing, regime change, backing despots, selling weapons. They don't do that, create refugees, and they'll be like, nah, we don't want them. The man could be ISIS, the man could be Al Qaeda, the man could be this, the man could be that. They don't do that. Mm -hmm. So that is why we highlight it. That's why we highlight it. Because you create a situation where there's so many Muslim refugees, right? And I want to quickly nip something else in the bud as well, which is like a third contention, which uh, some Muslims have raised. Yeah. But I hadouken that and I finished that off. Oh, but why don't Muslim countries take Muslim refugees? Yo, Muslim countries are the biggest recipients of Muslim refugees. Where do you think all the Syrians have gone to? They've gone to Turkey, Lebanon, and obviously Jordan, right? Palestinians, like half of Jordan is practically Palestinian. How many Palestinians in Lebanon? Exactly, bears. There's Palestinians in Syria. Where, are the, where do the Kashmiris go when they're able to escape? They go to Azad Kashmir. Mm -hmm. And where do the Afghans go when there was war there? They came to Pakistan. Where are the Rohingya going? They're going to Bangladesh. So this is a lie. This is a lie. Don't let any Bobs, Karens and Gammons tell you that, oh, Muslim countries don't take Muslim refugees. We are the biggest recipients of Muslim refugees. Tens of millions. Mosin, in, the, in this big poster thing of the NCR article, yeah? We are the biggest recipients of Muslim countries, I mean Muslim refugees. But the fact that they rock up to the European shores and the reasons will vary and they are treated the way they are, that is what we want to highlight. Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. You create a war and you have done so for decades, if not centuries, if you want to include colonialism into that, because that is how we got to the situation why they are despots where they are. And then you're like, what they're doing in our shores, what they're doing in our borders. And you forget that Ukraine sent a unit of 3,000 soldiers to Iraq. We forget that President Zelensky said in 2014 or 15, you know, sympathizing with the Israelis that their skies are uh, filled with missiles from Hamas. Mm. Yeah? Do you understand what I'm trying to say, bro? <laughs> so you create these wars, you create an entire region to be destabilized by manufacture, by no coincidence, and then you ask why are people on our doorsteps. This is why we highlight it. Not because one plus one equals two. It's because one plus one equals two, but many people don't know it's two. And people don't know how we got to two. So just to wrap up on that point, before I hand it over to you just on your some thoughts on that, is that we know and we accept that white European non-Muslims will care more for their fellow brethren of European Christian culture. Mm -hmm. In fact, I bet you any money, if Christians were being, if Arab Christians, mm -hmm. cops in uh, uh, Egypt. Egypt or elsewhere, if they were being oppressed and then the Bosnian Muslims were being oppressed, who do you think they'll sympathize with? Well, we've got real, exa real life examples of that already. So who we've do seen how they reacted to Bosniak Muslims, we've seen how they reacted to when there have been bombings of churches and people have been arrested and, that's, and killed and that, in Egypt. And that's what I'm trying to say to you. So we appreciate... The Pope comes out and speaks about Coptic Christians when, when things go down in Egypt. Do you understand? So, so, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is this. Is that we, we understand and acknowledge that there will always be a level of more sympathy towards people who look like you, dress like you, are you, and so forth. Yeah, We're just highlighting that all the other things that people are, are unaware of. What creates Muslim refugees? What made them refugees in the first place? Right? It is the shenanigans and the, and the destructive foreign policy of your continent. Is there anything you disagree with me in that regard? Uh, no, there's nothing I disagree with. But what I will add is, I think it's a bit naive to to just have a a kind of attitude that we shouldn't 
speak about Western hypocrisy because talking about Western hypocrisy is like talking about water being red or the sky being blue or one plus one equals two or one plus one equals because because it's, it's, it's referring to highlighting Western hypocrisy as being something as simple and and kind of reducing it to something so ridiculous like simple maths mm. or obvious things is just ignoring the fact that Muslims still have a duty to highlight uh, inconsistencies, evil, mm-hmm. hypocrisy. Mm. Uh, so we have to do that. If you're talking about where efforts should be channeled more so, mm. then that's a valid disagreement you can have. Then it comes down to strategy, what you're trying to achieve, whether it's in your town, in your country, in your street, whatever it is, whether it's on in person or whether that's online. It all comes down to the individual and how they understand. The individual who is trying to uh, put out a message, mm-hmm. it all depends on what they see as a priority. Many Muslims will see it as a priority to speak about war and the oppression of Muslims and non-Muslims or anyone around the world with Muslims. For whatever reason. yeah, Because they want to get them involved, they want to uh, change their views, they want to enlighten them, they want to get them involved in the correct way to understand war and contributing towards oppression in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and some will say that actually your energy should be channeled towards uh, the West and uh, societies and communities in Western countries because they're the people who are being brainwashed. But look, man, at the end of the day, if there's brothers and sisters in Tower Hamlets or BD7, BD3, Alan Rock, wherever they may be, maybe they don't have access as much as others would do to white non-Muslims. Maybe the, the disproportionate, their access to the community is their own people. <coughs> so it makes sense. But before we move on to what was supposed to be the main crux of the conversation, it still will be. I will also say this. Brothers and sisters, if you are someone who interacts very little with people, don't make such bombastic statements. Don't make so conclusive statements. If your only commentary and contribution is behind a, TV, a laptop or on your phone, and you generally do not actually engage with people much, um, maybe it's unwise for you to make such conclusive statements. But people feel they, can, they have the permission to do that online. Well, I'm, 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 this is just nasiha to those. And, and you're absolutely right. Bombastic statements is the right term to use. Mm-hmm. Because people will make statements like it's fact. And people will say things as if every single person who has commented on the subject before is stupid. Yeah. And what they're saying is absolutely correct. Because at the and end, I think that kind of attitude... It's not healthy, is it? It's not healthy and, and it's idiotic. And not only that, it's... Look, at the end of the day, when I talk and I comment and stuff here, it is based on my interactions, continuous interactions with Islamic societies, so students, young Muslims, MSAs, North America, um, other du'at and activists, our own people in Bedford, who we are very active with. Our people in Bedford, we engage them. If you're not engaging with people on that level, and your only engagement is online, and you're making those kind of statements, it is better and wiser to not make such conclusive statements. Right. Right. As a result of war, and obviously I just got back from uh, Bekaa Valley, the Syrian uh, refugee camp at Bekaa uh, in Lebanon, and Zui Mabro, there's not, each story is just ghastly and horrific, bro. I'm not going to go into it. I've told you some, and, and I can't explain these stories without, you understand? Mm. So that's trauma. That's like irreversible, uh, printed for life trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, women who have seen their husbands killed in front of them, 
women who have been raped in front of their husbands to then be killed, uh, women whose uh, wombs have been cut out with their unborn fetuses and then raped. Um, and that's the tip of the iceberg, my bro. Do you understand? Palestinians for three, four generations. Yeah? There was a video um, that was posted where the Israelis, they put a, a group of 20 children, school kids, my bro, school kids, five, six, seven year olds, in a cage in a, in a checkpoint. That's been happening for 60, 70 years. Yeah? And victims of war, sure, what about China? Victims of war will always have mental health issues, trauma beyond comprehension. And I, and I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah eases their affairs. I mean, and that we never have to go through this ourselves. So, whilst thinking about this, I thought about how we deal with mental uh, health in the Muslim community in the West, specifically pertaining to men. I want to put a disclaimer because I know there's going to be a fair amount of blowback. There's going to be naturally people who are going to disagree with me. Um, and they will probably label me all kinds of things. Men's rights, activists, uh, toxic masculinity. Um, I don't care. Um, but I will put out this disclaimer. What me and Aki are now going to talk about in terms of men's mental health, but specifically Muslim men's mental health, I am excluding the following. From this group And I have to Because you know how people are They jump online And they make all kinds of mad conclusions And stuff Yeah We are not talking about people Who were Violently or sexually abused When they were young We are not talking about People who have genuinely faced trauma Whether it is Witnessing uh, Their mothers being beaten Or anything like that We're not We're not including people Who have lost children uh, who have gone through serious things in life, like like actual significant horrific events. Yes, we're excluding them people, mm-hmm. but I'm including everyone else, and I'm going to make a statement, and I'm going to say that the world, mankind, humanity, the ummah, was much better, stronger, organized, coordinated. Before men started talking about their mental health The way that they do these days I believe it's become A fashionable excuse A trend To not actually man up and man up to your responsibilities I find that Everything's now mental health Oh I'm stressing over exams Mental health All oh, the stresses of life are making ends meet Increasing living standards and costs Mental health Oh I can't hold a job down Mental health Oh I got fired or thingy because I was a Muslim Mental health Or left on FIFA ultimate team Mental health Maybe not But what I'm trying to say is There are genuine men out there (coughs) That have used all sorts Of outrageous things To justify why they have mental health Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think? And I get what you're saying and also, do you want to explain why I've brought you on to talk about this specific subject? Because I'm the co-host of the Blood Brothers podcast, right? No, but also... Well, yeah, I, I, in, in terms of my past line of work and current line of work, I, I have exposure and I work with um, people who suffer with mental health issues, mm-hmm. clinic, who have clinical diagnoses of various mental health conditions, uh, whether that's community mental health teams or whether that's patients and people I've worked with directly. Mm-hmm. So I've had, I have exposure and experience working with People, men and women, 
young and old, uh, who have, uh, you know, new or chronic uh, mental health uh, mm. issues and illnesses. So, mm. so I can probably offer some thoughts um, in terms of real life kind of experience of what it's like. What 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 does it look like to live with um, uh, a mental health or um, mental illness okay, or, so or any mental health kind of condition? Do we agree? Do whether, we ag- whether that's something that's brewing, whether that's something that's kind of acute, or whether it's something that's chronic, mm. that is important. Um, and and, I, and I, I could expand on what that means. But what I really want to come back to before, you know, getting some more thoughts from you is that I I I, I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. I I I, I agree with your sentiment. And do I agree, you though? I, and I, yes, and I agree with what you're trying to communicate. What you're trying to communicate is that. This this new modern age where mental health has become one of the top trending subjects, um, bro. Drill artists talk about it. Of course, I, I know. Rappers talk about it. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's mentioned almost in every single interview with a man. It seems. Yeah. And and it's so, celebrated. Society. Yeah. Society. And and in terms of like social perception, men that you probably wouldn't usually expect to speak about these things. Or suffer from these things Or Yeah Be concerned about these things mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying In terms of In the past We were stronger We were more resilient And we were more durable And you know We had less obstacles and Our we forefathers were, Yeah Our father Yeah Sure And all the many other fathers 100% Yeah I hear what you're saying I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying Um so what? So what? Do you, so what are you asking me? What are you, are you asking? A, whether I agree with you? No, no. I'm asking you. Mm. So, so we've already agreed that the conversation of men's mental health is something that's become very popular. We agree on that, of course. Do we agree on the fact that there are some who use this? To, Why do you think it's become popular? I think it's become because I think it's a part of a global agenda to uh, emasculate men, right? Yeah, to make them more effeminate, um, and to kind of equalize. Uh, these issues between men and women. Listen, when men used to go out hunting, yeah, and 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 do their thing, when men used to go out to battle and war, in the same way that eighteen to sixty year olds in Ukraine are being f- not allowed to leave their country because they have to fight, right? But women of that age group are being allowed to leave. When men go out and earn the cheddar and earn the bread and come back and honest days work, provide for their families, naturally they're gonna have stresses. Naturally they're gonna that's part and parcel of life. That's been the part and parcel of life since Adam alayhi salam. Mm-hmm. So why are we now talking about men bitching about work, salaries, living standards, costs, uh, proposals, being denied proposals? But I'm seeing all kinds of madness. So, so we're, we're conflating two things. It sounds like we're conflating two things. What two things do you think I'm conflating? Moaning, men who are moaning and being bitchy. But they use mental health. And men who are talking about who, who, who say that they're suffering from mental health issues Those are two different things Not every man that moans about his circumstances Or moans about the challenges and obstacles in his life Is necessarily saying that he's mentally ill I'm talking about those who do that and then say that And their reasons for being mentally ill Is that Arishta didn't go through, yeah? Arishta didn't go through, keep getting denied Because there's this huge expectation on salaries And and and, 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 and what kind of life you can deliver well, that's bull- Okay. Yeah, so, 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 so that's my clinical opinion My clinical opinion is that, that, that they're diagnosed with bullshit yeah, so that's what I think. If you, if they're genuine, if they, if you're telling me that there is a man out there, or men, or anyone, anyone actually, mm. yeah, who is saying that because of these reasons I have fallen mentally ill, as in I'm suffering from depression now, 
Because you can't get personality disorder from it. You can't get psychosis from it. You can't get schizophrenia from it. You can't get any of these other types of like more complex mental disorders. Someone is saying they're suffering from depression or anxiety or low mood or whatever it is because they're struggling to get married. Mm. Because they're being rejected mm-hmm. Because of whatever reason Because of how much they're earning How they look Where they live mm. Their education um, they're, they're being denied opportunities Or promotion at work Things like that I mean this kind of, I, I would I would find that difficult To understand To appreciate As a reason That snowballs into a mental illness I can see why it could happen But my but my, my reflection on that Because they're be, weak My reflection on that would be it's been managed poorly. Your life and your situation, your circumstances, you have managed it poorly. And it has led to this situation where you have basically gone into a a, a low mood and, and spiraled into an abyss of depression. And, and I'm so happy that you touched upon the various examples of which I, I'm assuming we agree is somewhat unacceptable uh, reasons to say that that you're mentally depressed or have mental health issues because of that, but you're saying that it can spiral into having mental health issues because you're not managing the situation well. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And can I explain why? And we're talking about Muslim men here, by the way. Yeah, and and and, and let me explain why because something fundamental we haven't discussed, which actually, is that, that that will help us understand what mental health is and and how mental health can it's, deteriorate. Its definition. It's not just a definition. It's something actually even a precursor to definitions. Go on. Is that. And what organ does mental health um, affect? Brain. The brain. Yeah. So we so we so we recognize it's an organ that can suffer. It's an organ, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That if it suffers from anything, or if it, or if it has a damage, or something goes wrong with it, it will impact your body, won't it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. In the same way, your heart is an organ. Your lungs are an organ. Your intestines. Your other systems you have in your body, mm-hmm. yeah, systems and body parts that have a function, where if they are affected, or they suffer, you will suffer proportionately to whatever that corresponding part of your body offers. Okay, digestive, breathing, heart, blood circulation. You understand? And it will and and it will manifest in a way, won't it? Okay, asthma, breathlessness. Heart attacks, palpitations, strokes, whatever it is. Similarly, the brain is an organ and it has a level of health. Mm -hmm. It's the most, you can argue, the most sensitive organ in all of our bodies. It's the most complex thing in the world. Some may differ with that. Who would differ with that? Well, that's the most sensitive organ. Well, yeah, who would differ with that? Okay, with that. Well, I could, if I hit someone with a baseball bat on their head and a baseball bat on their chest, if you were to ask me, where would you rather take a shot? I'll ask you, where would you rather take a shot? On your head or on your chest? My chest. There's a reason for that. I'm just saying that there's other sensitive organs, but I digress. Of course there's other sensitive okay. organs. Yeah, I get that. But the point is, is that it's an organ. Mm-hmm. And if something happens to it, mm-hmm. it will manifest in a way. The mind is such a complex thing, it usually manifests through mood. Okay. What affects mood? Huh? What affects mood? Well, you tell me what affects mood. Sometimes just life. Can, yeah, life affects mood. Life affects mood. Yeah, circumstances can affect mood. Yeah, and yeah. So, so these are some of the factors that can cause someone to become sad. Okay. To become feel hopeless. Okay. To feel helpless. Okay. To basically be in this 
intense feeling of loss okay and helplessness yeah now then hear me out hear me out yeah hear me out because because this thing can happen to human beings it can happen to a human it's more likely to happen to a person it's more likely to happen to a person if the person does not have the right support around them to help them through whatever it is they're going through so i'll give you an example a traumatic thing that can happen in someone's life is a bereavement but we're not talking about we've already excluded that bro i t- and i told you what my view was in the other examples no but we've already excluded we've already excluded i'm talking about bereavement bereavement isn't necessarily a horrific tragedy it's a part of life Death. people live and die yeah okay. bereavement okay. Okay, your cool. mom dies okay, your cool. father dies okay yeah so i'm talking about this is something which is but which human doesn't mourn or be sad for the loss of their parents sure so let me let me get to my point okay. the point is that sometimes well, well more often than not yeah a significant loss and bereavement will cause you to become incredibly sad bro what were we talking about gym today when we finished i just as we were leaving what did i say to you the passing of our parents i said bro i've been thinking about mom and dad passing away and it and it breaks my heart my yeah. world will be shattered mm-hmm. Will I then go into a cave and or going to like never come out and then like become I pray to Allah that doesn't happen to me and I pray to why Allah Why wouldn't you? Huh? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't inshallah you? why wouldn't you? Why would I don't know Islam. Okay. Is Islam tell me you can't be like that. That's not normal. So let's move on now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to cuz thank you. So this is the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that people can suffer the same thing. Who'll support my family if I did that? What do you mean? Who'll pay my bills? Who'll pay my rent if I did that? If my mom and dad passed away and I, and I chose that to be a justifiable reason to become a recluse, why? How? Well, I think I think we're going to extremes. You're assuming that that happens to every single person who suffers from depression or low mood or anxiety. Bro. That it automatically means that they switch off from life, they stop working, stop earning, stop engaging, stop socializing. Happens a lot. It happens a lot but you happens but, but, a lot but, but, so we sat here talking about it yeah no no we sat here talking about it but we but, but there are extremities there, there, there's there's a scale of how people are impacted by different things and sometimes even the same thing yeah you can have someone bro you can have someone who's just had a wisdom tooth taken out and they're good they could be doing a podcast another person says now nah, I can't be doing no talking or nothing for about a month it all depends on the person's capacity and how they receive and how they experience whatever that pain or injury is or trauma is yeah so bruv you sound like an apologist well, well, you're not hearing what i'm saying no no, no 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 i'm listening to what you're saying because you're not even letting me get to the main point that you've given me an under that i asked you go to on, give me go on yeah which is a person will react differently to whatever the trigger is whether it's a, a, a tragic loss or whether it's a, 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 an injury whether it's trauma another whether it's, it's sexual abuse uh, physical abuse emotional abuse whatever it is people will deal with it and recover from it differently and it depends on uh, some fundamental things it depends on the support around you and your understanding of the world and your purpose in life wicked if you don't have those things you will fall ill you can fall ill you can fall ill because a person fi- needs to be anchored you need to be anchored by something you're going to be very popular after this podcast why she love this okay that's one of the people that love this you need to be anchored by I something yeah you need to you need to be anchored by something you need to have perspective
Because sometimes when you, if someone ha- is suffering from mental illness, yeah. they feel like that they're locked in this door and they're locked in this room, and this room is full of all, full of all of their tragedies and traumas and flashbacks and memories. They don't have a way out. They don't have a way out because they don't understand. They don't understand that they have to find a way out. That is unhealthy for them. They don't. They don't. They're not in a state where they can even think rationally that. This is not. I, I can't do this to myself. I'm. I'm. I need to click out of this. I'm a man. I need to man up. Pull my socks up. I need to work and continue earning money. And I need to get back to whatever it is that is normality. Provide for my family. Support my all family. Of the, all of those things before what triggered them. Yeah. Yeah. Normality. Mm. Yeah. And there's also an argument that the person could be more prone to suffering from mental illness. Why? Because of whatever their family history might be. Because of what their personal history might be. Because of the experience of mental illness in their lives. Okay. Yeah. So, when you have belief, when you have perspective, when you understand your purpose in life, when you have people around you who are supportive, mm. who can offer you that perspective that you can't find yourself, this is a, a gift that Allah has given you to help you through your test. Some people are tested with wealth. Some people are tested with health. Now you're just making me look and sound bad, don't you? I'm not making you look because I get because I get what no, you're no, saying. No, 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 no. Basically, what you've done there, I see what you do there. No, my brother. No, 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 I get what you're saying. No, 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 no. Let me talk now. <laughs> All right. I, I know what you did there, and you know what? I don't, I, well and truly, I don't actually disagree with a lot of what you said, but the point I'm trying to make to you is this. Well, if you did, that really would be bad. Well, first and foremost, <laughs> we're not talking about non-Muslim men. Yeah. We're talking about Muslim men. I'm talking about non-Muslim men. I'm talking about. Human. I don't. I'm. Not, I'm talking about human beings, bro. No. I'm talking about the impact of the brain on a person. But there is a moral anchorage yeah. that we have as Muslims that should help us or pre- as a preventative measure for those for us not to... My brother, you gave, you gave examples of people that are Muslims. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they believe in Islam. They are Muslims. So, so I'm but, talking about but, them. But they're still spiraling into a madness. Okay, so uh, let's stick on them. So it's not just Islam in and of itself as a belief as a belief system. You have to understand that belief system. Okay. You have to consume it. Boom. It has to be a part of you. Okay. You have to understand that what I'm experiencing right now mm. is a test that Allah has tested me with. And actually, there is goodness in this. You know, there's a beautiful story I heard. Can I just share it? Go on. A beautiful story, yeah? Of um, uh, it's hard not to say when you say it like that. Go on. What's that? I've got a story to tell. I've got a story to tell you, bro. Go a on. beautiful story, yeah, of um, of perspective, of understanding what is good and what is bad, and 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 and, and not knowing fully the full picture, and that's the story of Asiya alayhi salam, yeah, the wife of Fir'aun. Now, Rasulullah he said that there are four women who perfected their faith. Wow Perfected their iman bro Rasulullah said that Perfected their iman Maryam alayhi salam Khadija radiyallahu anha Fatima radiyallahu anha And Asiya alayhi salam Yeah So The story is Is that she was Besides Musa alayhi salam Who was the best of men at the time She was The best of people But she was married to the worst She was married to the worst An example of evil Hannah. Right? Yeah, evil on earth. He was exo- the worst. And the way he killed her, his wife, the way he killed her, paraded her body in front of people, threw a boulder on her from a height. Treacherous, this absolute horrific. You can't even, ex- ex- you can't even imagine it. 
There's other examples and other narrations of some of the other more graphic examples of how she was tortured before she was killed. Now, that's a horrendous image and graphic image, isn't it? And, and you would wonder, like, how can that be? How can, how can, how can someone like Asiya, alayhi salam, go through that? Have a husband like Fir'aun who did this to her, yada yada yada, and treated her this way and killed her in such a horrific, brutal way. But we know, actually from our tradition and from the text of Islam, that before she died, she said, Oh Allah, replace for me Fir'aun with you and this house with a house in Jannah. Before she died. And her soul was taken before the boulder hit her. Now you see, just in this short moment, how much, how this horrific story became a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. It did, didn't it? Instantaneously. It mad. Bang. But we'd never know that. Unless Allah told us. If it was a video that went viral, it'd just be absolutely shocking. And you could get a faith crisis from it. So what I'm trying to say to you mm-hmm. is that perspective is so important to understand what you're experiencing, what you're suffering. If you don't have that perspective, you will remain ill, you may fall ill. But if you do have the perspective, there is absolutely hope for you to survive and for you to get through it and recover fully. Because it is an illness and that is my position. My position is that mental illness is real and it is an illness. Clinical depression and clinical anxiety, these things do exist. But these things also exist for all ordinary average people day to day as well. You can have a moment of depression because something happens in your life. You can have, you can experience anxiety because everyone experiences anxiety at some point in their life. I'll ask you a question. Before an interview, just, before whatever it just, might just, be. Just on that point there. So you know when people have these moments of sadness and depression... Because of whatever life throws at them What I'm saying to you is that Is it the case that we have to always talk about it? Again it comes down to the motivation of the person who's speaking about it And whether they're even in a position to speak about it And why are they speaking about it And how much and how much um, richness is there in your discussion about mental illness How many examples can you give that actually be of benefit Or are you speaking about it because it's trendy Are you speaking about it because you want people to acknowledge you as a person who understands things that are maybe may, may associated more with women and being more in touch with uh, you know female subjects yeah. such as emotions because that's what mental illness is seen as someone who uh, has poor management over their emotions yeah to the point where they've just fallen ill and just a weak person they've got a weak mind they've got a weak brain they've got no resolve they're not resilient and they're just weak and they're just a bit shit and they just fall ill and they need to go on antidepressants until you know their hair falls out, and then they're never the same again. Mm. And, th- and, and and that's not what mental illness is. It can be that, and the examples so, of that usually the person usually the people have experienced quite tragic things. Right. Are you done in that your segment of that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to let you know, my bro. How much of what I said there do you? Do you agree with? But 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 for the for, for, for far long as I remember. Oh, do you feel like I've not even? No, no, no. I'm about, about to I'm about to say something to you. For far long as I remember, for mm. as long as I can remember, Alhamdulillah, you have always been the voice of reason uh, in my life to some degree. Amongst other people, you've always given me that refreshing, more 
human perspective. Not to say that my view is inhumane, mm, but I'm going to say something, mm-hmm. right? I do not dispute that in this modern day and age, in a uh, in a capitalist global society, one which certain expectations, certain imagery, certain how what is beautiful, what is desirable, what is nice, what is bad, what is good. Is literally plastered on our face constantly. Well, the internet and social media. Wait, has wait, wait, Yanni, wait. Mm-hmm. Social media has worsened that. It's magnified that. Of course, it's made it worse. Mm-hmm. We can go from Bangladesh to Indonesia to Paris to the UK to North America, and there's this one one or two particular perceptions of how people want to look, and that's perceived as beautiful and gorgeous or a successful man. Yeah. What I'm trying to say to you is that I'm not disputing that in a global world, mm-hmm. in light of social media, that of course it's going to create that kind of illness. When you're seeing a particular kind of man or woman being championed as the creme de la creme, that that's what success is, it's going to create, it's going to make people ill. I'm not disputing that. So I want that to be clear. I'm not disputing that these things can lead to illnesses or people, you know, Depressing themselves out because they feel that they are not meeting the mark based on what they're seeing on their social media feeds or what their or what their respective society or community believes to be successful and so on. I'm not disputing any of that. I know. What I am saying is this, and this is what I'm saying: that number one, given that we are living in that society, which is global, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you go to Bangladesh and the Muslim world, there's not that much. Uh, Dissimilarity with regards to what they perceive as is desirable, yeah. What is desirable? That insta model, that insta bad man, yeah. The massive life goals, entrepreneur, boom, boom, boom. Particular brands, particular dress codes, but even we are somewhat sometimes influenced by it as well, yeah. So the point I'm trying to make is that, given we're living in that society and that global reality, right, right. Do I feel that it's a justifiable reason that whenever you feel some sadness? Or some inadequacy as a result of these things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whilst being Muslim, my first question to you would be: What you posited? Do you understand your religion? Yeah. Number one, who told you that this life and this dunya was supposed to be for happiness and contentment? Who? Where did you get this from? That's right. Yeah. Happiness and contentment is where, my bro. In hereafter. And where do we all hope to be? Inshallah. Jannat al That's where. That's where happiness and contentment is. Yeah. That's right. Do you understand? How is that Allah tells us that do you think you will believe and not be tested in your faith? Yeah? Absolutely. And what do we take from the stories of the seerah and the and, and the struggles of the sahaba in, in Makkah and all the struggles of the all the prophets? Now you might say, well, bye, they need to know them things in the first place. Yeah? yeah. So what I'm trying to say to those brothers and men, yeah, is that reconnect with that. Hmm. Find solace in that. This dunya was not made to be happy. We weren't, we weren't supposed to be happy in this life. No, there's nothing wrong with seeking happiness and being happy, but true contentment and happiness. First, of all, true contentment is with whatever Allah decrees. Yeah, and true happiness, besides the sweetness of iman, is really in the hereafter in That's terms right. of desires. That's right. So when you're feeling that you're not meeting the mark, right? And you're talking, ah, and then start becoming all like, ah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. Can I can I can I can I can I share some? So I just want to wrap up on this. Yeah. Wallahi, my brothers, if you are suffering and you're falling ill and you're sad and you're upset about some of the things that we have spoken about, not horrific trauma, not not the kind of stuff we already described. You know. Well, how did you describe it? What was that word that you use? What did I say? Particular kind of trauma, horrific. You used a particular term. It's just like horrific tragedies, isn't it? Horrific, horrific tragedies. Horrific events. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about those of you who are depressed because you might have a did or like, like you might have some moves and, and because there's a particular perception of how a man should look and is desirable, you're now eating more, eating more food. Stop eating food, hit the gym, do 40 press-ups. That's what I'm going to say to you. At least. Yeah. If you're thinking, oh, raw man, you know, I've got a bit of a dead-end job, I'm barely making ends me, and every that I'm going to is rejecting me. Go find a sister that won't reject you. Go find a family that won't reject you. Or try go and find a better job. Yeah? Or like, oh, my job is so stressful, and the living standards and the living costs are so high in London, and you know what, it's just unlivable, and da-da-da-da. Okay, fine, move out of London. Move out of London. Yeah? Oh, 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 oh my God, uh, my sisters are expecting these these days and you know, my wife talks back to me and my wife's doing my head. Okay, oh my bro, address it then. That's what I'm saying. No, no, I, bro, I, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not denying that you've made yourself unwell. I'm not denying that you are sad. I'm not denying that these things could lead to sadness and disappointment on a long-term basis. I'm not denying any of that. I'm not taking away your right to be unwell or your right to be uh, uh, depressed or sad Or have anxiety Or grieved Or grieved I'm not saying that I'm saying to address it man Yes I'm saying address it And look upon The previous generations Who are far more successful Than you and I Wallahi my dad we've already, People know this I'm going to get vexed now A little bit Narrate dad's story Of coming here Well you should watch Our podcast with our father Episode 50 But for those who haven't What's dad's story? Well dad came here Eight years old he left his biological he mother. Le- he left. He left his mom in the darkness of the night, mm. alone with his uncle. Came to the UK and was raised by his uncle. Very strict uncle. And and he had a very harsh, very strict uncle. Very strict. May Allah have mercy on them. I mean, I mean, and and he was raised in a very harsh, uh, patriarchal environment where he had to learn. Uh, f- f- difficult lessons very quickly and very young. Did he see his mom again? Never. Did you see our daddy again? No. And that last experience was him being taken away in the night. Mm. He never saw his mother again. He had to deal with racists outside of the home. And then in the home, he was practically serving the khidma of his two uncles. Who now passed away. May Allah have mercy on them. Our daddas. Yeah. Now, one could make many excuses as to why dad is the way he is. But Alhamdulillah, I would say he's done very well. Absolutely. And my dad is one amongst many. Have done this and their forefathers did this. What are you lot on, man? What are you lot on? Are you dying of poverty? Hunger? Have any of your women folk been raped and killed? The kind of war trauma that we were talking about earlier. How significant and proportion is this is the stuff that you're actually going through? And I know that everyone's problem is big in their own hearts and minds. Again, I'm not taken away from that. I'm just saying, Yanni, just. Just, just put stuff into perspective, man. Don't look for excuses for not fixing your life up. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't look for excuses that have now become fashionable to now not find a way out. 
And do what you need to do. And do what you need to do. If Will Smith is on TV crying because his missus was having a, a, an affair with other man, that's Will Smith's problem. And more telling of the man he is, I don't feel sorry for him. In the same way when those two Bengali brothers in America killed all their family, right, and then committed suicide, I saw some mashaykh talking about mental health and trying to think about, uh, you know, trying to sympathize with the, with the two criminals. Do you understand? Mm. First of all, suicide is haram. Suicide is haram. There is no difference of opinion with that being a major sin, right? But we've now made it fashionable to now talk about why it would lead to someone killing themselves. And again, we, so I'm talking about that specific example and those examples where I feel I don't understand suicide. I don't understand what made you kill yourself in that situation. Again, we're not talking about war and those serious, horrific levels of things. That is between them and Allah. I gave you that example of those two brothers in America. Yeah, man started talking about, oh, you know, we have to look at the, the, the mental health of nah, the No, I youth. don't have time for that. You don't understand? My, my guy killed. And you know what he said in his letter? Do, do you know what he said in his letter? He said, getting the gun wasn't even that easy, and neither killing them was that hard bit either. Do you understand? How do you want me to sympathize with that? You go sympathize with that. You lot go sympathize. So what I'm saying is, brothers and sisters, no, 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 not sisters, brothers only, is that if you're going through stuff in life that isn't. Those categories of things which me and Aki just discussed, right? And it happens to be with, let's be frank about it, dunyai issues. Dunyai issues. Fix up, man. Mm -hmm. Fix up, right? We're living in a society that first and foremost wants to emasculate men. And more so, there's a huge focus on emasculating Muslim men. And there's an even greater focus on emasculating South Asian men. South Asian Muslim men. Yeah? Fix up. I swear to you, fix up. Because if our forefathers had your mindset, then we wouldn't have been where we are and we wouldn't have achieved what we have. Yeah? I'm not talking about... I know what you're talking about. Understand? Understand? I, I, I'm okay, saying, okay, okay. Even, yeah. even these disclaimers and walking okay, around okay. eggshells no, no. Can before someone starts slitting their wrist when they see this podcast, but I don't, I don't get it, no, man. Okay, 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 you okay, can, can I share some final reflections on this well, subject? Well, I'm some final reflections, man. Look, there's... I don't know about sisters. It's a different no, world. No, we're not talking it's about a different, sisters. different world, yeah? We're not talking about sisters or women. Brothers out there... Mm. Who are aggrieved, sad, are feeling lost and helpless because of some issue that, in the grand scheme of things, no matter how you measure it, is not that big. Yeah. So whether it's an issue in your relationship, I don't know. I don't know what that issue might be. Yeah. But let's say something quite trivial because there's a lot of trivial things I hear being discussed that are leading man to go crazy. Yeah. Um, for example, can we agree? Have for, exa for example, my miss is having male friends. For example, my miss is dressing in a certain way. For example, um, you know these kind of nonsense matters. And we see it on Instagram, Zui. And uh, hold, hold on, let me, see let, me, let, me, let me finish my points. Yeah, if I can, bro. Yeah, brothers who are talking about you know money issues. Yeah, how much they're earning, and you know it's not it's not possible to you know. You know, to fulfill certain life standards and expectations in marriage and relationships because actually what the woman wants and what, what society expects of you is something that you can't afford because they, you know, they're not in tandem in terms of how much you're earning and, the which you, and how much it costs to live or, or you know, home prices or you know, being able to progress in life or you know, uh, you know, uh, boomer generations killing it and, and we're flopping 
because you know the world's against us somehow and these type of like garbage ones yeah mm. that, that's what i'm talking these about these garbage ones yeah, yeah. my advice to those brothers is this is every single one of those examples that you've given that have led you to become sad that have led you to become depressed that have led you to become to 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 lose trust in people for some reason and and, and these kind of extreme reactions to otherwise matters that could be easily fixed very easily fixed or matters that you are actually to blame for yourself you need to actually have a reality check or you need someone in your life someone used to volunteer in your life mm. to give you that reality check um because a lot of it roots down to your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how your role as a muslim and what islam means to you in your life because a lot of these things that you men are complaining about you shouldn't be complaining about them if you were uh, if you were following the deen that's the truth or even have some basic grounding bro you don't need to have a deep yeah basic grounding on like the basic things rizq comes from allah that's right pure happiness and contentment is in the akhirah and jannah inshallah don't be a dayuf don't be a dayuf yeah have some collective ghira and and and, and jealousy and honor over your women folk okay cool get your women to cover or encourage your women to cover or stay away from women who don't cover there you go It's quick fixes you need money work earn money you need more money work more earn more money you're spending a lot you need more money because you have expensive things maybe cut down on some of those expensive things If people are losing their minds over those things then it's very difficult to sympathize, sympathize for those people. So let me just add to just I'm overweight. I'm I'm, 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 I'm back on your train now, yeah. yeah? yeah you're back Come on. Come on. So, okay. So like if you're overweight and you see my guy with six packs and 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 abs and biceps and stuff, if you care that much, hit the gym. What you and if you don't want to hit the gym, if you care that much, do what you're good at. Carry on being an IT consultant or or, or, or low coming or making lots of peas and get liposuction. Do it. There's or, quick fixes, man. Or or just stay as you are. Or just stay as you are. You could or just stay as, as you are. But if it's making you sad, change it, man. Exactly. And you know, Zui, what is one of my things I've always said to you since we were young? If you really want something, what? You do something about yeah, it. Yeah, chase that thing. I say that to you all the time. Yeah. You really want something? Go get it. You know how much you want it. You will know how much you want something. 100%. So what I'm saying to you brothers, kind of bringing the podcast to a close, we love you for the sake of Allah. Let's get that out of the way first. We are not trying to like uh you know, you know throw shade on 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 people who for whatever reason that we may find justifiable or not justifiable or valid or not valid. We're not saying We're not taking away your sadness. We're just questioning the reasons to be sad. We're just saying that there is a solution in our life, which is called Islam. And within that, within that worldview, within that tradition, we have solutions. And more kind of a wider perspective, which puts your very small problems into perspective. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is that brothers... If things like that have made you sad and depressed, marriage prospects, failed proposals, not having enough money, being denied jobs, um relationship problems p- pertaining to uh your wives, yeah? Um not being respected in your family in your household. Um 
you know, the stresses and the expectations of what your respective society or culture has set for you. These grievances against your own community. Yeah, you know, fix up, man. Fix up. Yeah, move on. Move on from it because life is bigger than that. And trust me, is no point wasting your life uh, in terms of your preparation for the akhirah. That's what I'm saying. Hundred. Yeah, and I'm not saying that men who are going through genuine serious problems to the point where you're falling ill. To the point where you're actually falling in, you're not eating, you're not looking after yourself, you're abandoning your salah, that's if you're praying salah in the first place, and all them kind of things, seek help. Seek help. Mm-hmm. So at that point you're ill now, you need to go seek help. Absolutely. But know this, the solution is in Islam. 100%. And there's certain one-on-one things that we need to know. And I keep saying it, true contentment and happiness is in the akhirah. The only contentment you need in this life is what Allah has decreed for you. Yeah. Number two, rizq comes from Allah. It's written for you. Mm-hmm. Fifty thousand years before the start of creation, it was done dusted. But you go be a go getter. Go do it. And number three, if you really want something that's halal, go get it. In the same way, man when one man wants something haram, they go get it. Go be a go you can't not be a go getter and then do nothing and then fall ill about it. I can't accept that, Bibi. Mohsin, can you accept that? No. You want something, you're not going to do it, and you're going to make yourself ill about it. It's like you're hungry, but all you do is, is, is go to the shop and get some food, or go to the fridge and make the food. Okay. But you're going to sit here and starve. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So that's what I'm saying, brothers. I'm just saying that let's just man up. I know people are going to say that's, that's toxic. If there's ever toxic masculinity, that's what Diddy just said. Mm. Um, I don't care. Whose voice were you impersonating there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, bro. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. It'll be some shagufters and bushers as well, bro. That's the thing. And let me just say Hasinas, just in case why you love pulling out shagufters and bushers. I mean, it's not Hasinas as well. Um, you wanted to talk about men who are uh, victims of uh, domestic violence from their wives or part- female partners. Now we could talk about that another time. Shall we? We could talk about that another time. Yeah. Yeah. Men make things easy for brothers and men who are getting clotted from their wives. I mean... I mean because that's a very unfortunate situation And of course Any men who beat their women You're cowards You're not following Islam You're a coward mm-hmm. Actual coward mm-hmm. If you not think beating and hitting your women Is something that's manly um, May Allah rectify your affairs and hold you to account I mean, I mean. But the brothers Who are getting clotted from their wives I don't know man We can talk about another podcast mm. But just to, before I hand it over to you mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, I love all Muslims, even the ones who don't necessarily like me. I love them for the bond of Islamic brotherhood. Yeah, and I and I and I, and I will always listen to pains and aches, and and, and sadness of the Ummah. But in my brains, we I cannot help, when I've heard the actual traumatic stories of those said regions, and those oppressed in the Ummah, and then I have to hear stuff about. Fail Rishtas, not having enough peace, this expectation. Absolutely. I can't, but I find it hard. Yeah? It's trivial. Comparatively, of course. Comparatively, it's trivial because, you, because you've had that exposure. <sighs> it's very difficult for you to sympathize in the same way when you know where, you know where your limit is. You, you, you know where, you know the most horrific thing you've heard. So you know what is true sadness. What is true? Cha- what is true difficulty and what is true 
kind of test what is a true test so when you hear these ones it's like okay you lot are taking and i get that but I, I will add that sadly there is a lot of people who are misguided so when they do have even small hiccups just small little road humps because they're so misguided unfortunately that can spiral into something that it should never have spiraled into may allah guide them and us back to islam was amazing to him i mean Amen. And just as a disclaimer, because the nature of uh, Muslim internet is that they will literally take sound bites mm-hmm. and they'll be like, raw, these long man said this. Again, I want to clarify, we are not talking about people who experience horrific traumatic experiences. We're not talking about people in the West, Muslim men who have experienced really, really sad, horrific things. And the, and the spectrum and the examples are many. I think, if, I think if anyone tries even suggesting... They will that, we were, that we were including those people. They will. They will. They'll try. Yeah. It. Well, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll know that. That, that, that that's just we're full of it. Cool. So we've got a very interesting podcast coming up. Our next episode. Do yeah. you want to tell the people what it is about very briefly? Yes. Inshallah, the next podcast again with uh, myself and my beloved brother yeah. will be on the subject of the Bangladeshi community um, in the West. In the West. Um, talking about some of the grievances that the Bengali community may have towards their own community and others, um, some of those factors and what uh, and, and why. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give too much away, so it's difficult to give too much of a kind of like a, a teaser without sharing some of the things that we discussed. But an no, introspection, yeah, we're going to be doing a commentary on some of the um, thoughts, beliefs, grievances, misconceptions, misconceptions. Home uh, truths and home truths uh, that are held by the Bangladesh community and held by us in terms of offering home truths, mm. uh, and there might be a bit of Pakistan thrown in there as well. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I hope you guys thoroughly enjoy this podcast. What was your comeback podcast saying? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed. It. I think I think it was a, a fantastic subject. I yeah. think uh, we could have carried on chatting for ages about it, um, but yeah, we will follow up with the next one. Inshallah, uh, and I say this again. For those of you who are suffering, uh, illnesses, depression, anxiety, sadness, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, relieve you of this, remove this, and Ameen. replace with security and ease. I mean, may Allah give you tawfiq to turn to Him. I mean, and for those of you who are unwell, please seek help and please turn to Allah Azza wa Jal. Please seek help from your communities and seek help Professional. professionally as well. Um, forgive me. If anything I've said has hurt you personally, but my points and my position still remain. Remember to subscribe to the Five Pillars YouTube channel. Remember to like this video because you can't dislike it anymore. Uh, leave a comment, share the video, and until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bro, can I ask you something, yeah? Go on. If you could be a hero or a villain, what would you choose to be? Pardon? Blood Brothers Podcast, a five pillars production. production.